I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to the Virago Podcast, a monthly celebration of books, reading, and writing, brought to you by Virago Press, the international publisher of books by women. Welcome to a special episode of the Virago Podcast to celebrate 40 years of Virago Modern Classics and its trailblazing list of women writers. Throughout the podcast, you will hear different members of the Virago team championing their particular favourites in our Virago Modern Classics 40th Anniversary series. I'm Hayley Camis, Publicity Manager for the Virago Modern Classics, and I'm joined by Donna Coonan, Editorial Director of the VMCs and the mastermind behind our stunning 40th Anniversary series, plus the introducer to Writers as Readers, our anthology of 40 wonderful introductions from the past four decades. Donna, 40 years, what a milestone. Would you be able to tell us a little bit about the history of Virago Modern Classics? Yeah, of course. Um, Carmen Callil, who is the list's founder, discovered um, Frost in May, which is a beautiful um, but devastating autobiographical novel about a girl who went to a convent school. Um, And she desperately wanted to publish this book. It had been out of print for a long time. And so that's how she got the idea to to start the Virago Modern Classics list. And it was a really trailblazing list, and it still is. Uh, because it was set up to redress the balance, um, it was set up to voice, to give voice to generations of women who, whose books were amazing but they weren't in print. Amazing. And um, Frost in May is one of the 13 in our 40th anniversary series. Um, and how did you narrow it down to just those 13? Because I mean, it must be a, such a difficult thing to do with the amazing list that we have. It was. It took a really long time. Um, I wanted to show not only um, the variety of the list. So we've got um, we've got Heartburn uh, by Nora Ephron, which is really funny, a funny slim New York novel. Um, we've got short stories by Grace Paley um, about life in New York. I'm Isla Ahmed, senior commissioning editor at Virago. George Saunders, Man Booker Prize winner, recently introduced a collection of Grace Paley's stories. The introduction is included in the Virago edition of the collected stories. 
I had not heard of Grace Paley until a year ago, although she first started writing in the 60s. And it's hard to disagree with Saunders, who calls her one of the greatest writers of the last century. Paley's stories are short, are incredibly elegant in style, and incredibly precise in their observations. She is utterly timeless and will never go out of style. I'm Grace Vincent, Senior Publicity Manager at Virago. Many love it for its snappy one-liners, but I think the greatness of Heartburn is how Nora Ephron turns moments of great pain into comedy. I also really, really love how much she loves food, which brings me to one of my favourite quotes. I have made a lot of mistakes falling in love and regretted most of them, but never the potatoes that went with them. I'm Donna Coonan, Editorial Director of the Virago Modern Classics. Elizabeth Taylor is a jewel on the list. She's an incredibly elegant, subtle and precise writer. Something she does brilliantly is to show strong emotions running beneath a refined facade. She strips characters of their stiff upper lips and reveals their hearts, their loneliness, their secrets, the tragedies that make up everyday life. But perhaps what is most remarkable in such an elegant writer is just how funny she is. Narrowing down the 13 books for this series was a really um, drawn-out process because there are so many amazing writers on the list, but I wanted to get a good variety of content in there, um, and I also wanted to include books like Frost in May, which was the first, very first book on the list, as well as um, early, early authors to the list like Angela Carter and, um, and Elizabeth Taylor um, and Rosamond Lehrman. Um, but I also wanted to put in books that are quite recent acquisitions. They're, they're, they're new to the VMC family, like uh, Patricia Highsmith mm -hmm. and Mary Reynolds. Um, and by doing this, we got a really broad variety of books, from humour to, um, to autobiographical stories. Um, so yes, yeah, so I wanted um, important, influential writers and a really good variety of themes and moods. And um, lots of Virago Modern Classics fans uh, might see some omissions. For example, you didn't include Daphne du Maurier, but I know there was obviously a reason behind this. Yeah, well, um, Daphne du Maurier is um, a huge writer on our list, and we publish everything that she, um, everything that she wrote, all of her books. Um, but this year was the 80th anniversary of the of Rebecca, her best known book, and you know that is such an influential book that has just had so much attention and sells so well and it's such a great favourite that we produced a uh, very beautiful hardback edition. So Re Rebecca and Daphne du Maurier have got quite a lot of attention this year. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to concentrate on some of our other writers and I wanted to put in favourites, um, books that Virago uh, Modern Classics fans will recognise, uh, but I also wanted um, new discoveries, books mm -hmm. that people might not know. Um, authors like Grace Paley, who is mm -hmm. an incredible short story writer, but not enough people know her work. So a few obvious and a few new discoveries. And I think a lot of people are really pleased that you have included Memento More because of the Spark um, anniversary this yeah, year. Yeah, it's, well. it's the centenary of her birth this year. Um, and we publish eight of her books, and um, we've been publishing her since 2008, I think. Um, and she, she, yeah, she's an incredible writer. She's so darkly humorous. Um, and this book is just, 
very dark um, and very uh, peculiar and it's 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 fantastic it's just I think it will be a, a new discovery for people that even think that they know Spark through books like uh, The Prime of Miss Jean Brodie mm. uh, this is something different uh, but it's brilliant. I'm Hayley Camis. I'm publicity manager for Virago. The Dada Avocado tells the story of 21-year-old recent graduate Sally J. Gorse, granted an all-expenses-paid two years of freedom in Paris by her uncle Roger, on the one condition that when she gets back she tells him all about her adventures. Throughout the course of the novel, she has a lover who is a married Italian diplomat, falls in love over a glass of perno, dyes her hair pink as it's so popular with the Parisian tarts that season, has lots of sex and champagne cocktails, acts in a play, goes to jail, all the while having nothing to guide her but her curiosity and desires and trying to find out what it means to live. She is Daisy Miller, Holly Golightly, Holden Caulfield, Jennifer North, but also the original Carrie Bradshaw and Bridget Jones. But as Rachel Cook notes in her 2011 introduction, Sally J is the funniest of them all. Hi, I'm Johnny Keyworth. I'm Senior Marketing Executive at Virago. First published in 1967, The Magic Toy Shop by Angela Carter is an intriguing document from the end of that much lauded decade. The sense of transition that the 1960s encapsulated finds itself in this book in the grubby junkyard London, which seems to the reader today closer to the crumbling Victoriana of 1860s England to the fast approaching futuristic 1970s. All tenants of life were going through profound radical reconsideration, realignment and change, from cities and the spaces we live in to issues of gender, race and sexuality. And the magic toy shop is a testament to this emergent struggle and conflict in everyday life. Hi, I'm Kate Doran. I'm the Deputy Marketing Director for Virago. Faces in the Water is a gripping account of life in a psychiatric institution. The power relationships between doctors, nurses and their patients are illustrated beautifully, showing a regime that is at once well-meaning, terrifying and humiliating. Drawing on her own life experiences has allowed the author to create a visceral, utterly unique reading experience, a story of strength and, ultimately, survival. While the subject matter is heavy, the stream of consciousness style of narration, as well as the use of fragmented prose and fractured memories, creates a sense of fear that seeps from the page. The frame pulls the reader along, making faces in the water impossible to put down. This is not a novel to be read lightly, but one which delves inside the human mind, which will leave you asking questions and wanting to read her entire backlist. I'm Isla Ahmed, Senior Commissioning Editor at Virago. Memento Mori is a short novel by Muriel Spark which features elderly characters who are tormented by an anonymous caller. The caller rings them up to tell them this simple fact, remember you must die. It's a message that produces fear, anticipation and bewilderment in its recipients. It's an incredibly clever and stark idea and most of Spark's novels can be introduced in this way, in single unforgettable one-line pitches. Spark is always sly, distinctive, and truly original in her ideas and her writing. Another book that has a sort of centen uh, anniversary this year is Rebecca West's The Return of the Soldier. Would yeah. you be able to tell us a little bit about that one? Yeah, this, so this book was published in um, 1918, um, at the end of the First World War, and it's one of the very few stories to show um, women's lives during the uh, First World War. It's about a amnesiac soldier who returns from the front and the three women who love him. Um, and it's their story, really. 
it's a really wonderfully humane story and it's it's a it's a very concise masterpiece she wrote it when she was only in her 20s it was her first novel and um it's it not enough people know this book people know People know about the First World War in non-fiction from women, I think, but I don't think enough people know about um, the fiction that came that um, that came during this time. Um, and I have to ask, do you have any regrets? Are there, are there any books on the list that you just really wish you included on that on that that in that thirteen, or are you happy with with what you have? I'm really happy with what we've got. Because, as I said, there are some books that lots and lots of people will know. Lots of people know The Magic Toy Shop. Um, lots of people know um, maybe Heartburn by Nora Ephron. Um, but there are writers on this list like Janet Frame, who's, who wrote, from the, wrote in the most dire circumstances. She was, it, she was misdiagnosed with schizophrenia. She spent many years um, in a in um, a mental institution um, in the most awful circumstances. Um, and yet her prose is beautiful and luminous and she's just a born writer. Um, and there, I think there are, what, I, what I've tried to do here is just to show the breadth of the women that we've championed. There are, there are always, I don't know, there are always favorites on the list. There are so many books, um, but I think, we've, I, th I think we've done a good job. Um, and any personal favourites of yours? That's why I'm trying to get me to choose between <laughs> children. Um, no, all of these books are books that have had a massive influence on my life, mm -hmm. whether it's through discovering them when I was a teenager, like Frost in May, um, or books that I've discovered, you know, as I've been running the list and I've been, you know, um, Janet Frame I discovered quite late in life um, and her books I absolutely adore. Um, so, so yeah, I love them all. I really do. And um, I know you'll be talking to uh, the designer of the series, Hannah Wood, um, later. But I was wondering, in terms of cover design, are there any particular ones that stand out for you? Because they're just absolutely stunning. This is really funny, actually, because as the covers came in one by one, and with every one, we were we were saying, "This one's my favourite now." <laughs> now I think this one's my favourite now. Um, and then when when the finishes were put on and the foils mm. the foils were there, they looked different again. Um, and of course, I've seen the evolution of these covers, um, how they began, and each process of it. Um, so once again, I'm sorry, I don't have a favourite. No, that's fine. I think mine has to be maybe their eyes are watching God. I just think it's so beautiful. It is lovely. Um, but then I love uh, the Dad Avocado. I've always, I've always loved the telephone skulls in Memento. Yeah, right? that's also that was one of the first to come in, and <laughs> Hannah and I were both, um, were both really won over by it. Um, but yeah, I love them all. And um, could you just tell us a little bit about writers as readers as well? Because I know you've written the introduction for that one. Yeah. So um, one of the ways that we get um, a contemporary audience to dis to discover um, our books is by commissioning um, high-profile introdu introducers. Um, and um, it's really important for the books to show that they still have champions, that they're still relevant, that they're still um, wonderful books to reread and to rediscover. Um, and I've, over, over the years that I've, um, I've run the list, I've, um, 
commissioned, um, who have I commissioned? Let's see, um, Jane Campion, to when we first published um, Janet Frame, because mm-hmm. she did an amazing film of um, her autobiography, An Angel at My Table. Um, Zadie Smith, who's one of her favourite books, is The Rise of Watching God. Um, and then before I came, there were wonderful um, introductions by people who aren't with us anymore, like Elizabeth Bowen. Um, and Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Um, Angela Carter introducing um, the Brontes. Mm-hmm. So it's it, it was a massive pleasure to work on this, um, on this book, which really, I think it really shows the legacy of the list. Mm-hmm. Um, from from yeah from when it first started to now, um, and it's it's fantastic I think to to show the the how wonderful these books are um, these books that lots of people don't know but have really influential and enthusiastic and knowledgeable champions yeah, definitely and I think you're right it does introduce new readers to the classics for example I came to their eyes watching God through Zadie Smith. And Elizabeth Taylor through Sarah Waters. Yeah. So it's lovely that some of our favourite introductions are now in their own beautiful hardback anthology that people can read as well. Yeah, and they, they, I think the introductions work as a fantastic recommendation. So mm. if you haven't heard of Elizabeth Taylor but you love Sarah Waters, mm-hmm. then hearing or reading her, um, reading about her love for the writer, it, you know, it encourages you to go, oh, this must be somebody I should discover too. Definitely. Um, and now at 40 years old um, what do you think the enduring relevance of, of the list is um, and what do you see for the future and what do you hope for I, what do I hope for for the list I want it to carry on getting bigger um, getting more readers um, what I really would like to see is um, women being women writers being given the same relevance as male writers um, and I would like to see more women being taught at universities on core lists. Mm-hmm. That's something that, you know, this list was set up for. Yeah. Um, but we're nowhere near. We're nowhere near there yet. Um, I'd like to see um, more people discovering their female literary heritage. And finally, um, many. Virago Modern Classics fans will be really pleased to know that uh, to celebrate these 40 iconic years, we're bringing back the green spines across the whole of the list and on um, our 40th anniversary series. Um, so tell us more about the thought process behind that. And it's well, just very exciting. It is. It is. It's, it's um, an awful lot of 
early fans of the list remember the Virago modern classics through the green spines. They could go to a bookshop, they could see them easy, easily, they were immediately identifiable. Um, and I think that the iconic green being lost was a mistake. Um, it happened sometimes in, sometime in the 90s, and it's something I've wanted to do for an awfully long time. Mm. Uh, but uh, for various reasons, it hasn't been practical. Um, and so I approached uh, Nico, our designer, and said to him, kind of like, how can, how can we do this? So how can we bring them back? Can we make it, can we get the same color green and um, reintroduce them across our whole list? So um, after talking to Marie in production, it was, a, it was a real team effort because, you know, it was like, how can we do this? And getting the logistics in place mm. so that as books reprint, we can redesign the covers and put them in a series style. Um, and, you know, I think it's a, it's a lovely thing to be able to be able to re reintroduce that iconic look. Yeah, well, they look brilliant. And we have, um, so some of the other new ones that came out this year, like the Rose Macaulays, they have them now. Yeah, so, so as soon as we're, when we're putting new covers on books now, when we're reissuing them, when we're taking a design, um, when we're starting with a new design for an author, um, we're integrating them into the green spines. Perfect. So the family's getting bigger and bigger. I'm Maddie Hall, I'm the Senior Digital Marketing Manager for Virago Books uh, and I'm championing The Eyes Are Watching God by Zora Neale Hurston. The Eyes Are Watching God is a novel every woman can relate to because ultimately it's the story of a female fight for independence in a world dominated by men. It's a story of self-discovery. We follow Janie on her quest to find a voice through all the trauma and triumph such a quest entails and I absolutely love it. I'm Donna Coonan, Editorial Director of the Virago Modern Classics. Frost in May is the novel that launched the list. Carmen Callow was given the book to read by Michael Holroyd, and she felt such recognition with the book and its protagonist that she had to publish it, and that's how it all began. This is what she has to say about it. This novel, about a nine-year-old girl closeted in an English convent, is a classic, Funny, wonderfully written, lyrical, its story enthralling from page one. Its heroine is a young everywoman. Like Huckleberry Finn, or like Pip in Great Expectations, Nanda is up against the world, the rebel with a cause. Antonia White shows us, through a young girl's eyes, the wonderful stupidity of our frightening and authoritarian world, and how those who cock a snook at those who must be obeyed may seem to be defeated, but almost never are. I'm Sarah Savitt, publisher of Virago, and I'm here to talk about Deep Water by Patricia Highsmith. Reading this book made me believe that Patricia Highsmith is a kind of magician. It's a book about infidelity, jealousy, murder, and yet it's really, really funny. It's a story about two people who act like they hate each other, and yet they don't want to stop being married to each other. It's about a protagonist who's obsessed with things like snails and bed bugs and printing presses, and yet it's also full of glamour. There's an endless stream of parties, dinners, cocktails, people staying out late, getting drunk, furtive phone calls, secretive drives. Um, the only thing I'd say is that I could only read this novel after dark. It is very, very compelling and very chilly, and just, yeah, you have to wait till sundown to read it. And now we have Hannah Wood, the art director, who was responsible for the whole series style. Hannah, um, can I ask you why you chose to work on this project? 
Um, working on a set of celebratory titles like these for an imprint like um, Virago is a, a dream project for any designer. Um, and packaging a collection like this is a fantastic opportunity to showcase um, illustrators' work. And um, the illustrator, we've, we, we spent quite a long time looking at different illustrators. Um, why did you choose to go with Yaren Tong? Yaren's work is so um, detailed and intricate, but really versatile as well. And I think when you've got a series like this with such a broad range of titles and themes, you want something that's got a consistent style, but at the same time you can um, be really varied in the themes and the details that you cover. Yeah, it's, it's always been really important for, um, for the editor and the designer to work really closely together um, throughout all of Virago's history. Um, and we wanted, a, we wanted a repeating style. Um, but what did you do to make it look um, more contemporary? Because quite often, like for our 30th anniversary hardback series, we chose uh, textile designers. And we went for quite a traditional look with a little box over the top, a little rectangular box with the uh, text on. What did you do to make this look a little bit more contemporary? I think we, I was conscious I didn't want to ignore the heritage of the styles that we've had in the past with the VMC, so um, including the typography in some way in a quite a restrained way was, was right, but by creating a grid that I've done here with the diamond shapes that run across all of the titles, it gives you a nice place to put the typography, but it also adds to the consistency, so Yaren could be more experimental with each of the patterns because she had this same diamond shape all the way across. I think what you and her have done is quite incredible in um, taking such varied images um, but giving this the series a very consistent look. Um, we started pretty loosely didn't we? I'd suggest a couple of things from each book that might work um, and um, a couple of them came straight away didn't they? Like Memento Mori yeah, that was pretty instant. We explained this, explained the story to her, the telephone calls with "Remember, you must die." And um, can you explain what she came up with? She instantly came up with the idea of the phone looking like a a skull, which, which combined two themes so perfectly. Um, another one that came really easily was um, the collected stories uh, by Grace Paley. Obviously, we just wanted to get across New York yeah. and the geometric shapes in New York fire escapes is so perfect and fitted with the diamonds so well that it it just fitted immediately. And some of them, like I remember the magic toy shop um, with Leader and the Swan and um, the mechanical toys. She came up with that really fast, didn't she? Yeah, from very early on we had that. It was just tinkering with how many cogs and the amount of detail we could get in there. That was um, one that can afford more intricate parts, I think. I think they started coming quickly after um, the first cover. So the first cover we briefed her was um, the very first book in the series, Frost in May. Yeah. Um, and that took on quite a few different looks, didn't it? Yes, firstly, we focused on the uh, schoolgirl herself. Could we get, uh, I think we had, we tried to get a, a lot of 
girls and then one of them to be turning her head or something so you yeah. like she was peeking back at the reader but the, the the girl shape wasn't working quite as well with Yaren's style we couldn't get it intricately enough yeah um we couldn't get it stylized enough could we no it just I think the thing with all of these yes we needed to get across the themes of the book but at the same time they needed to look pretty and yeah. really beautiful yeah. and um, in some cases we had to be a little bit more abstract. Absolutely, yeah. Um, which one do you think you're happiest with? Um, my favourite changes every time this question is asked but um, Memento Mori was immediately my favourite. I was um, I was really astonished by Faces in the Water, the way that she... Um, she managed to hide those faces, like get them done so in such beautiful detail. But you know, you see you see them from different angles, and you see different parts of the face. Yeah, I think it's a a really um, brilliant example of Yeren's usual style there, I yeah. suppose. Um, but it just goes to show how different that illustration style is, but how well it still fits in with the the rest yeah. of the set. Hi, I'm Sarah Savitt, publisher of Virago. I wanted to recommend The Weather in the Streets by Rosamund Lehman. I read this really recently, and it reminded me of reading The Group by Mary McCarthy. Both books are about women set in the 1930s, but they feel so up to date. And The Weather in the Streets is one of the best books that I've ever read about being a woman, having a woman's body, being a woman in a relationship, being a woman trying to find your way in the world, trying to have an interesting life, maybe trying to defy convention. It's a book on the surface about a love affair that goes wrong, but it's so much more than that. Um, it's hard to describe what makes it so brilliant, but I just recommend that you read it. It really, really blew me away. And um, yeah, I just loved it. My name's Susan. I work in media of Virago. I am hailing Mary Renault's Fire from Heaven. Mary Renault was groundbreaking. Here we see ancient Greece in all its passionate, gritty glory during the early years of the life of Alexander the Great. Writing at a time before Mary Beard was even born, Mary Renault was to make homoerotic fiction mainstream for the first time. Sarah Waters, Henry Mantel, Emma Donoghue and Tom Holland call the Alexander Trilogy some of the finest writing from Mary Renault. Hello, my name is Zoe Hood and I am the Deputy Publicity Director of Virago. I have chosen Rebecca West's The Return of the Soldier. This was initially written as a serialisation for the American magazine The Century before becoming a full-length novella. And this was because West was writing it at the young age of 24 while the First World War was actually taking place. I could have chosen any piece of West's writing. I love her insights and knowledge so much and she would not have enjoyed that oleaginous remark. This was a woman, a writer, who changed her name from Sicily to Rebecca and whose lengthy relationship with H.G. Wells began with a literary spat. But The Return of the Soldier is poignant not just because 2018 marks the centenary of both the war and the book. Chris Baldry is a traumatised soldier returning from the trenches. The three most important women in his life, his wife, his cousin and his first love, start to realise that his memory of them is stuck in amber. He cannot remember the last 15 years of his life. 
What follows is a morally complex and devastatingly emotional story of love, memory, trauma and sacrifice. Thank you for joining us for this special Virago Modern Classics podcast. The entire Virago Modern Classics 40th anniversary series are available in all good bookshops. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Virago Books Podcast. I hope you'll join us again in a month's time for our next episode for more books, readers, writers, and conversation. In the meantime, please keep in touch and tell us what you think on Twitter at Virago Books or on Facebook at Virago Press. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.